0: And we're 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 not live, but we'll pretend to be live. Someone who's listening to us will think that we're live starting right now. How are That's you doing right today, Mike? I'm well, sir, and yourself. I'm doing I'm doing really well. and I'm excited about tonight's guest because as always, we're talking about exiting businesses. For those of you who don't know, you head over to your that leads to a place where you can sign up and become a subscriber to the show so you don't miss any of the episodes. I was in the normal course of my business, having a business meeting with a woman who wanted to talk about uh, public relation type stuff, and we got into an incredible backstory. And uh, Tracy's gonna be our guest today. You had a chance to have a little chat with her.
1: Well, I'm really excited about uh, this for, for a couple of reasons, but the main one is is that so often small business owners think of exit as this carefully planned thing that happens in the distant future. And as you and I both know, David, and as many, many, many owners come to know, sometimes exit sneaks up on us in very unexpected ways. So our guest tonight is uh, Tracy Starr. She's the owner of Stars PR and a member of Your Exit Squad Partner Group. Um, Tracy is one that has uh, Offered her services to help some of our small business guests so we're going to introduce her her as a partner but also uh, hear her story that speaks directly i think to what many of our owners are going to uh going to see
0: and and as always uh if you if you're watching our program if you are a business owner and you're looking toward that exit at some point in the future if you head over to your exit squad guests.com, that's the place where you can sign up if you would like to share your story anonymously or not as a business owner looking to, to find their way to make their business saleable or to determine if it is saleable. What does that exit look like? And if you're someone who works with small business, like our guest Tracy does, uh, your exit squad is the place where people can sign up, fill in a questionnaire. Uh, and talk with us about joining up as a squad member.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. We'd lo- we'd love to see you uh, added to the list. But uh, David, enough listening to you. Let's get to let's get to our guest.
0: All right, let's bring Tracy in.
1: Yay! Tracy,
2: Definitely. how are you? Thank you? Oh my goodness, I am so excited to be here with you both. I can't even tell you. It's just incredible to be having this conversation because honestly, this is one that I shied away from for a really long time and to sort of know that this, you know, story and voice, um, can help people just, just makes me so happy. So thank you both for having me.
0: Well, and I think, I want to thank you for saying just that because one of you know, after you and I talked and you told me part of your story and how you exited a business that you, you'd you given, I think over 10 years of your life to, um i i spoke to mike and i said listen i said i just heard an exit story and it's not the kind of exit story you hear on a tedx talk and and i said i said wait a minute she
1: didn't make a hundred million dollars after 13
0: months in business (laughs) no No. well (laughs) well and i and i said this is the kind of story that needs to be shared because you know the story tracy's going to tell it's actually the third time I've heard someone in that industry tell this story for and, mm. and exited for this reason. And this is the first time that I'm able to get someone to come and share. So, so I think it's, I think this is going to be fantastic.
2: Wow. Well, thank you very much.
0: So I, I don't, how
2: much time do we have? Like how far back am I going?
0: <laughs> well, okay. So, so we're going to talk about your experience in the restaurant industry. Why don't okay. you give us, why don't you give us uh, a little, uh, Uh, story about how you got into the hospitality industry to start with.
2: Okay, you got it. So um, this actually takes it back just a skosh earlier than that. So I was originally working um, in the turnaround management world. Um, I was a business financial um, advisor consultant to troubled companies, mostly mid-sized businesses, a lot of family-owned And I did that for about five years and I realized I hated it because it was so incredibly depressing because here I am constantly dealing with folks that are in trauma Hmm. and, you know, their businesses are failing, things are not going as they had planned and talking about exit strategies. It was trying to help them find the best exit strategy for them. So at the point that I realized that I didn't want to do that anymore was actually I, I had a client's wife who called me and Um, He was suicidal. And and that was kind of like my straw. I was like, okay, I need to do something different. And my husband at the time was a chef. He was managing um, some, you know, larger corporate restaurants, um, was, you know, doing really well and on his way to the whole regional, you know, management kind of position. And we took a step back in our lives and was like, okay, we both had the entrepreneurial bug. We really want to do our own thing. We'd love to just like step out. And now, because of all the experience I have, I kind of know what to do and what not to do. So we found a going. Legitimately,
0: concern. you were, were a business expert. I mean, you, right, exactly. So you I'm like, okay, I'm I mean... <laughs> with people helping them to turn around troubled situations. Correct. Yeah.
2: And so I found um, not necessarily a troubled company. It was a, a special events and catering business. It was owned by two women and they had, uh, you know, grown it for like, you know, uh, 13 years, I think it was at the time. And they just fell out of love with each other and really hated working together and were just done. But the business itself, the fundamentals, the contracts, the staff, the 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 business itself was viable. It was great. It was actually, you know, it was a, it was a really well you know, organized organization. And so I um, had that opportunity fall into my lap. And I thought, well, this would be perfect, right? You know, it's his skill set, you know, I can, you know, bring my skill set into this. And so we bought it. And, you know, it, uh, it was it was an interesting time, because seven days left, after we closed, I realized I was pregnant and um so that whole first year was a, a, an interesting start of um owning a, my own business um and you know looking to scale it we went to a war in iraq we had a whole bunch of other things happen that year so it was like oh you know hold on hold on hold on right yeah. so in the restaurant or special events catering business it's all kind of the same you know you've got your ups and downs especially in the catering because of seasonality you've got you know the holidays and things like that but the contracts that we bought when we bought the going concern were university contracts this is in chicago so we had okay. amazing contracts with university of chicago northwestern Loyola, all the big ones so that was kind of our bread and butter and you know, with the war in Iraq, it kind of slowed everything down even there. So it took us a couple years to sort of like get everything functioning in a way that we were happy with. Um, we started to do a lot more social and a lot more. We got into all the big venues, you know, the Willis Tower, was Sears Tower at the time. Um, and some, you know, it's just, just, really broadened what we were doing we actually got sports uh, venue contracts we were the exclusive caterer for chicago wolves and the chicago rush at the time which i think are no longer wow. and um so we we really i mean like we broadened our horizons and we kept growing the company and our our main location our main kitchen was in evanston illinois for those folks who are chicago based and um and so you know we were like looking to do a little something extra. So we opened a retail store. So we had um, a, it was called The Corner Chef. And it was literally on on the corner of the building that we had our kitchen in for the catering um, company, which we also had a ballroom. And so that was ready-made meals to go. So this is kind of ahead of its time. This was like 2006, and you know we had organic. We had you know we had a lot of different dietary restrictions because you know being more conscious. We already had that in our line, and so it was uh, it was good. It was great. We had fun, and we grew that. And then we thought, well, you know, it would be great if we had a kitchen on the other side of town, especially because University of Chicago being on the south side. And here we are away on the north side by Northwestern. Um, so we started looking for another, a second kitchen down there. And what we happen, what happened is we stumbled upon this restaurant and beautiful, perfect, amazing location. It was, you know, 200 South Wacker. It was right on the corner of um, Adams. And it was like, we were on the Chicago River across from the Sears Tower, uh, across the river from Union Station. And so we had a thousand. Location. Oh, my God. The talk about location, location, location. Right. I mean, we we could not have dreamed a better location. So we thought. So, you know, this is this has been, you know, uh, fast forwarding because this is about. um Oh, seven years, I think it was after we had bought the catering company and then we had opened at the retail store.
0: So so the Evanston location was like a commissary kitchen. It wasn't really a public place. Correct. And then, and then the, the retail store was a, a takeaway place where people. Correct. Were but were you also was it a kitchen as well or just a retail store? No, we
2: actually used the kitchen from the other one to to okay. make the food for the uh, the retail store.
0: And Tracy,
1: how big was the business when you, when you reached that restaurant point, how many, how many people did you have?
2: Oh my gosh. Um, because of the seasonality. So I think, you know, um, probably I'd say about 80. And then when we took on the restaurant, we had another 20. So, you know, between, you know, about a hundred people overall. And, um, you know, and we, and we had grown you know, we'd grown it over a couple million dollars. So, I mean, we were doing pretty well. Yeah. And wow. um, and so the restaurant was, you know, I mean, it was it was so perfect. It was ideal. It was super close to University of Chicago. It's got foot traffic of a 1, thousand fifteen hundred people walking across that bridge every single day. And we rocked it. We had awards. We had I mean, it was beautiful. Hmm. And then we were notified, <clears throat> first of all, that the building sold and then we were notified that the city of Chicago was doing a construction project outside of our restaurant.
1: And you'd been and open in the restaurant, how long at that Two years.
0: Point? Okay, okay.
2: and uh, And it was a year project.
0: And, and how seasonal was the restaurant? Did you have any outdoor seating? Was we had a patio
2: on? outside yeah. right mm. on the river. We were working with the city to get a boat dock mm. so that we could actually blow that whole thing out of the water because, you know, that, which actually now they've done a whole river walk thing down on the other side and it's glorious. It's amazing. And that was our vision for that location. And um, so they start chipping away at the street. And um, eventually we became on our own island. Um, the bridge that went was directly, you know, in front of our building um, was shut down. Wacker Jai was shut down, was a gaping hole between, you know, the Sears Tower or Willis Tower and uh, and us. And you had to walk around across these boards over to Franklin to be able to come to us. I mean, it was it was ludicrous. And quite frankly, no one did. So we went from having a fully packed waiting in line Friday night, you know, dinner bar because it was a restaurant bar, it was a 175 seat restaurant bar hmm. with the outdoor patio. And you know, we'd have, you know, a handful of people sitting there at the bar on a Friday night because it was just a couple guys that were still in the building and we petitioned the city. I tried, it was an election year. So I tried, you know, getting folks to like, you know, have your political stuff here, like help, you know, do I tried everything that you could possibly think of and it completely killed us. Mm -hmm. Um, there was nothing we could do. You know, this was, um, after the, that fun recession we had had, you know, so banks weren't lending, nothing was moving. Um, being in the situation we were in, um, the, the the help that normally would have been there even five years earlier just wasn't. And so, I and mean, it was... At
0: this point, did you still have the commissary kitchen going or we were did. you doing everything? You did. We did. Right.
2: We did. We had both. We still had both kitchens, um, which was great. But at the time that all of this was happening, it was an economic downturn as well. So like, you know, universities weren't doing as much things. I mean, it was just like everything slowed down. And with the weight of the restaurant, because it was such, I mean, you know, it was, you know, it was a a five figure check I was writing just for the rent, not including all the other stuff, you know, the food and the labor and everything else. So it, 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 it killed us. It really, really did. Um, You know, I, I tried going to the city, um, I actually ended up in a car with the mob. Um, I won't <laughs> tell you how hey, I got. Anyway. it. I won't tell you how I got in the car with the mob because I'd like to still um, continue to tell the story. but um, but I could have gotten alone but Uh-oh. then i wouldn't you know i just i was like i don't need cement shoes this is chicago <laughs> you and, know it's just not worth it can, can can
0: can you take us back and i and i know this this may be difficult but can you take us back to the time when when all of this construction started to lay out can you <sighs> can you describe the the how the the reaction at the till occurred so over how many weeks did it take to go from full speed down to this this a small amount like well because i i want i want to convey to people how sometimes things in business are like car accidents and sometimes they're a little bit slower than that but mm-hmm. i think can almost be more stressful like can oh. you just can you take <laughs> David i love that
1: question let me add, add one thing to a trace because i I'm, I'm thinking about that same time period i want to know even to the degree of you open the letter from the city <laughs> Did you know at that point was it or is it I we're going to be OK? I, 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 no,
2: no, it wasn't. Um, and it wasn't even a letter from the city. It was the landlord came down to have a conversation with us. But the building had been sold from the time that we signed our lease to this this conversation. And the gentleman who bought the building, it was well known for not being flexible or <laughs> you just didn't, you know, t- didn't really care. Um, and so we thought, oh, well, we'll just make it through, right? Like we just, you know, we make it this. And and what happens is that you, you, you just, it's like day by day, you just like, if I get through one more day, if I can get through one more payroll, if I can get through one more month, if I can get, if I can't. And when, in, you know, it was, it was 11 months of, you know, hell um, from the, from the time that, you know, we, things really hit us to, it was just over. Um, And we really chose the over part because again, it felt like all the possible resources that we could have had, you know, just weren't there and was it worth it? And it didn't, it was just, it was so exhausting. It was so stressful. And I thought, okay, I've worked, I mean, you know, it was 10 years we did. It was over 10 years that we did, you know, the the whole hospitality, you know, and we did every piece of it. And for one of the three to kill all three was heartbreaking. Um, and to sit there and go, OK, all these people are going to lose their jobs. And, you know, and some of them had worked with me for 10 years. Yeah. Right. Still hurts. Um,
0: so. So when things were had slowed down, when the when they made were making your customers walk the plank, as it were, to, to, <laughs> you, to your place, right? Right. Um, so you realize then, obviously, that you're we're not going to be making money this week. You, you realize yeah. we're we're in a money losing situation now. So tell us about the thought process, because obviously you were scrambling for some kind of solution, and you probably yeah. thought, you know you mentioned trying to get access to resources. You probably thought, well, if I could borrow money to pay my yep. bills until things can recover, I'll be okay. Like, Can you take us through the thought process of the different type of avenues you tried to rationalize or explore?
2: Absolutely. So I went to the bank that I'd been banking with for 10 years. Um, I had been on the um, board of directors for the Evanston Chamber of Commerce. I was um, in the Rotary Club. Um, I was very active in the community. I was the President of um, the Piven Theater in Evanston, um, you know, sat on um, Gene Siskel board. Like I, you know, we we looked at every possible way. We looked at investors. We talked to people. I all I did was talk to people, and it just it was just like everyone kept looking. It was it was like we had a disease. Hmm. It's kind of how it felt, you know, because even the bank, which I catered so many parties at even their homes that it was just really upsetting because business is business, Mm -hmm. but there's your personal side, right? Especially when it's your business and you're inside the box, you know, you're not just some owner, you're, you're an owner operator. There is a difference. There really is a difference. And you know, when, when you're, when you're in it, you know, it feels very personal even though technically it shouldn't be. And so, you know, having those conversations and it was just like, you know, I don't know. Ultimately, I believe it was all divine because I'm actually now looking back at my life, very grateful it happened. But at the time, it was just like nobody believes in me kind of feeling like it was very personal, right? It was very hard. And there was so much of that, even though, you know, I knew that if just just one bridge of something would have gotten us through and, you know, and we would have been able to recoup and then done phenomenal, but it was just at a strange time everywhere. I mean, it was economic too. I mean, everybody had their, you know, their pockets closed and mm-hmm. nobody was just handing out money they had, like they had been years before. So it was just... I think it was a combination of a whole bunch of different things. And it uh, it, it was, it was, it was super painful, you know?
0: Did you have any kind of reliable timeline of when all this stuff was supposed to be done? Oh, <laughs> no. And I, I say reliable. You know, you know, we, we, we all know government construction, right? Like it, it could go on.
2: <sighs> yeah. Everything always got stretched out. I went to every freaking city meeting, I sat in every, I was I was always at the alderman's office. Let's just put it that way. I was constantly, you know, like, how can you guys help us? What can we do here? You know, mm-hmm. and I'd get, uh, you know, the, the happy smile and the pat on the back of, you know, oh, it's, you know, we're, we're going to help you. But nothing ever happened, ever, never, mm-hmm. ever.
1: Tracy, yeah. was there a final straw? How, yeah. how did how did you get from the place of we're holding on by our fingernails to a place of I just got to let go?
2: Uh, the car ride with the mom.
1: The car ride with the mom. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and without going into detail, was that a, a moment of realization for you where it's like, I've gotten to this point, I'm probably in the wrong place? Or, yep. <laughs> okay.
2: I'm like, if this is my best option. I, I'm done like oh. i can, i can't do this this is not okay this is not okay yeah i am uh you know I'm, I'm not really a gun person um my my ex-husband was italian and he loved like you know we, we watch sopranos and all that a lot um right but there's something very real about being in a car with you know three guys who you know um have Uh, guns on them and are telling you a story about how they beat up some guy in front of uh, City Hall because he owed him money. And then they take us to breakfast and offer us a million dollar loan that basically all we had to do was sign our name. And then they were going to help us do all these other things like, you know, with the boat docks and stuff like that. And I thought, you know, I think this is the time that we just need to say we're done. Because what you know, because it's you know, if we turn them down and we do something different, it's still you know what I mean. It just mm. didn't feel like it was a good idea.
1: Yeah, and 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 at that point, you're you. Um, it's not just about the restaurant. I'm assuming at that point, right? They'll, 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 talk about that. I mean, yeah, we, we don't we can't just mothball the ref, uh, restaurant and and crawl back to the old structure and no. recover and.
2: So with the catering business, because it was so um, academic-based, you know, it was the low point of the season. Um, you know, we'd have a half a million dollar month, and then we'd have you know a fifty thousand dollar month in terms of the academic parts, right? Sure. And so we always just tried to balance it with social and weddings and other things like that, um, and you know, and other you know sports contracts and such. But what? what hit us was because we were so lagged, you know, all, all of our resources, we put everything Mm -hmm. into it. So, you know, when, when we, when we couldn't do like, you know, the rent, it's like, okay, well, well maybe we won't pay the taxes this month. Right. Maybe we won't like we have to pay our people. Right. And maybe, you know, well, it's like, okay, well the, the vendor will let us stretch a little longer, which is the other thing too, you guys, it's really hard to, which has been, this is, this is the first time I've really ever talked about any of this. Mm. Um, Because I I think I carried a lot of shame. And this is, you know, a decade ago now, but I just carried a lot of it because, you know, those vendors, you know, were my friends, too. Mm -hmm. And, you know, business is business. But, you know, they suffered with me. And it's just it's so hard. Like it was the worst, hardest decision I've ever had to make in my whole life was, you know, saying, OK, I think it's better that we're done. Then continue to d- digging a hole that I'm not really sure, you know, where the light is, and I can't expect anybody else here to to keep going down with me, you know.
0: I've 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 worked with people before who who have been in, in tough times, and one of the one of the exercises that that I've done with them is to say, okay, you know, how long do we foresee this problem is going to be? If we mm-hmm. could just borrow all the money we needed, what would that end up being? Yep. And then if everything goes back to the perfect operational state, how long will it then take to repay all of that debt? And, w- and when people start to see the magnitude of just how the deep the hole is, and then how long it takes, you know, with interest applied to then <laughs> repay all of that, you start to realize, hey, wait a minute. If we keep committed to this, we're we're gonna be committed maybe for eight or ten years. Yeah. And we're and we're gambling on this notion that at some point it's all just going to be perfect again which in the world of business we know is not the case and and to your point about like the rent and the bills and everything you know the number one reason that small businesses close is because of cash flow yep right which which is very interesting because what it means is that people are not recognizing the problems and they're not saying oh logically I should just quit now People are looking for, they're trying to struggle through. And and, and your story, I think, illustrates how that happens.
2: Mm -hmm. Easily, I
0: should have closed six
1: months earlier. Easily. Tracy, looking back, though, and and because I I, I hear what you're saying, David, but I've had four businesses that I sold successfully. I've had two that failed. Mm -hmm. And the remarkable thing for me is they feel very much the same up to a point when they start to diverge, right? In those successful businesses, I had periods where I had to float a month or a two and just, just hold on for a little longer. And then the sun came back out. So yeah. it, it, you look back and you say, I so do you look back and say, I should have shut down six months earlier? Um,
2: yes, actually. Now, now, now really looking back at it. Yes. Sure. You know? Um, yes. Which was interesting is, and, and this is a high, this, here's a recommendation for folks too. And this is something that um, I'm really sad with myself that I didn't do um, because of the experience that I had before. And I knew what not to do. And yet I did it anyway, um, is have a board of advisors, gather some experts talk with them on a regular basis at least quarterly you know whether it's you know confidants and friends that you trust their business acumen they're a cpa they're an attorney they have qualifications you know or you figure out a way to pay them quarterly to sit down with you but do it do it because you're a genius in your genius zone, but you need experts in the other areas because never would I have had that situation happen if I had had a board of advisors.
1: What was the expertise that needed to be at the table that you think would have waved you off?
2: it would have it would have been you know um, someone well perfect right so, the CPA I had was wonderful, but did not have the experience in the industry that I really probably should have had.
1: Okay.
2: Um, and this goes for all of the folks that I did have on my team. But you know, an attorney, um, someone who is an investor, who that's what they do right? So, so they're eventual capitalists, like they're, they're in, that's what they do. They know how to look at things in a different way. Um, and then having experts in the field. So having, you know, I, I actually had and still have a friend of mine who was in the catering business, you know, and so we'd sit down and just, you know, talk shop. Having somebody who knows exactly the business is 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 essential, especially if you can find someone who's retired. You know, there's no, there's no nothing. You know, SCORE is one of those places that you can find a lot of that support. Um, but having the support, you know, having someone who's an expert in marketing, um, somebody who's you know uh, keen on just all, all the different pieces. You know, that we're wearing 12 different hats. So you know, make sure you're wearing yours, and then you have 11 other ones kind of you know spread out along the table. Um, I tried to do that, but it was it was it was not my because I was in business with my ex-husband. So, you know, I didn't really have the wherewithal to say that's what we were doing. So we did. not do It's (laughs) such
1: good advice that you're giving. But here's my question. Yeah. Was this a Mack truck that was going to run you over anyways?
2: You know, I think because we had 11 months, I think that, you know, we were in denial for a lot of it. You know, um, and and we were pretty well stretched thin,, um, you know, trying to keep things thin. So we were doing the day by day thing, and what happens is you lose sight of, you know, the the yard in front of you. Mm-hmm. And so it, it became, oh my gosh, the whole we just we just dug a really big hole. like there's a big hole outside. That they seemingly did overnight, but, you know, we we got one next to it that seemingly happened overnight when it really didn't. Um,
0: When when you you say you should have closed six months earlier, do you mean if you had closed the restaurant, do you think you could have maybe gotten by just with the catering operation?
2: um, The hard part about that was the lease that we had. Okay. Right. And that was what was the biggest I mean, it was you know, it was a ridiculously yeah.
0: you you were liable <laughs> for that payment whether you were didn't
2: matter if we were it. operational or not.
1: Which yeah. which which in reference to you know what we talk about here, we talk about a planned exit. People, be- Tracy and I, I, I know you look back and you see, but sometimes you just get run over.
2: <laughs> it's true. It is true. There's there. You are right about that. You know, I. I I like to take responsibility for the things that happen in my life because it uh, feels ultimately, I mean, it is, but I do realize that it was, you know, a cosmic two by four, you know? Yeah. I mean, it, it was, wasn't anything, you know, we were looking for. And then we did we did look to sell it. You know, I, I talked to some restaurant brokers, we had people look in and we did, we tried to pull all different ways of, you know, um, how can we do this? We, we did sell the catering list, Um, but you know, not for nearly enough and, you know, and of course it was like a little bit of an earn out, which didn't end up being much because it just didn't. Um, but you know, it, it, it happens, you know, it It just happens. And so, you know, my advice to folks is really, it's like, just, you know, look, look, look to ask, ask all the time you know, doesn't ask for help, ask for guidance, ask, you have, you have a, a problem, don't be scared to talk about it. You know, I think a lot of the, the hiccups that I found is that, you know, um, it was guarded, you know, cause I didn't want to look like I'm a failure or, you know, any of that nonsense that comes up with, you know, our, our mindset. And it was, you know, I, I I always was positioning it such in, in a way that it was like, you know, I'm 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 doing the best I can, and this is what I'm doing, and this is what I'm doing, and da 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 da. It's like, okay, well, but my real question was, how the heck do I fix this right now? And you know, and asking everybody that I that I did and that I could was the best thing that I could have done, but it was the hardest thing that I ever did. And to to not do that, I, you fall on your face way faster and harder, and um, you know. My my thing always, and this is you know, come up with the the work that I do now. Even is if you don't ask, the answer is always no.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: You'll ne- you know, you'll never, you'll never know, you'll never get the help that you need if you just don't ask. It's just, it's so
1: important. Well, Tracy, tell us a little bit about what happened after. What yeah, are you doing yes. now? Get us. So <laughs> you, you 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 didn't just. And, didn't uh, you, you didn't end up with cement shoes? So, uh,
0: <laughs> and and talk about the logistics when you say yeah. we're done. What then does that mean? I mean, obviously you have to tell people, but, but yeah. people yeah. don't often envision just the steps you need to go through to do this kind of uh, wind up shutdown of an operation.
2: So we were done in August, and um, that meant that we no longer had staff. So it was myself, family and friends going into my operations and, you know, cleaning up and trying to sell off the assets, the pots, the pans, the, you know, flatware, the refrigerator, all of those things, bringing in supposed experts. Oh my gosh. Can I just tell you also, (laughs) there's a lot of sharks in the water when they smell blood and they take extreme advantage of you. And, you know, I had one guy come in with a truck and pull all my equipment. It's like, you know, I'm going to sell it off and this is what you're going to get. I got $600 for that truck.
0: Wow. Yeah did did, did An auctioneer.
2: Yeah. 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 So, I mean,
0: did the landlord not want to keep any of that intact for a future tenant potentially? So
2: that that kitchen, so I'm talking about the other kitchen, that kitchen, um, a lot of that equipment was part of the lease. And so that did stay.
0: Okay.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And then like, even with like the walk-ins and stuff like that, that was part of the fixed, you know, uh, the, that was part of the building technically. Um, So yeah, those things remained, but, you get, you know, a penny on a dollar. I wouldn't even say you get 10 cents on a dollar sometimes, you know, and the the literal physical labor of dealing with all of that stuff too. It's, you know, when, when you're done and they want the keys and they want you out, you know, it's as close to you getting it swept as possible. And you want every penny you can get because you've got creditors that you've got to deal with. And we filed bankruptcy and we foreclosed on the house. And it, you know, it was a full good six months of dealing with, you know, I I actually well, because I had the background for it, um, did a lot of the bankruptcy stuff myself, you know. So I mean I had I had an attorney, but he just, you know, looked over everything for me. But all of the paperwork, all of the, you know, assignments, all that stuff I I did personally, which most people would not do. Um, but it was a process and a depressing one. You know, I mean, because here I am working for six months for free, really, right? Dissolving something that I worked so hard to build. It was a very difficult time in my life. And
1: you go from being an entrepreneur whose life is defined by opportunity <sighs> to having a life defined by obligation
2: yes hmm. and failure i mean it just felt so heavy Yep, it was so bad it's like you know i didn't want to do anything social i didn't want to i didn't want to see it i mean I, I what ended up happening is we moved we moved from chicago to las vegas i mean it was so much so it's like you know we're losing everything anyway let's get out of dodge let's go someplace warm you know and uh that ended up being uh i <laughs> don't <that ended up, laughs>
0: Can you yeah. tell, tell us a little bit about that whole moment when you realized the life before, before you was a blank piece of paper, that you you were then free mm. to create a new sketch of what you wanted?
2: So that actually happened with a friend of mine. And this is the, the turn of events and how I am, who I am, doing what I'm doing, and all of it. So I have a friend of mine, Deborah Poneman. Um, she's a, um, mentor to the mentors in personal development. So she's, um, for, for folks who are in that, you know, she's mentored Deepak Chopra, Marianne Williamson, Marcy Shymoff, Janet Atwood, a bunch of folks. And, uh, she lived a block and a half from my retail store. So she and I had been friends for, you know, six, seven years. And when everything blew up, she had invited me to, uh, a, Shri Shri Ravi Shankar event. It was, you know, very woo, very so, you know, everybody's, you know, very peaceful, very calm, very subtle, right? And I'm explaining to her in the lobby what's going on, and I'm just feeling heavier than I have ever felt before. And she looks at me and she's like, oh, "Yay! Now you can do what you're meant to do, right?" And she's like, almost jumping up and down like a cheerleader in this very, you know, sacred space. And I'm just like, "Oh, okay, sure. What?" She's like, "Come to work with me." So that's what I did and oh my gosh the greatest the, the, the greatest you know empty canvas filled with color and lights and just like this beautiful picture um she is an angel absolutely 100 so i started working with her um with her yes to success company which was actually a program i had taken years prior and she decided to build um, a company with marcy Shimoff, who was in the movie the secret and they built this um this this program called Year Year of Miracles, which is a year-long group mentorship program for women, and actually Marcy's still doing it, and um, and 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 we created this this incredible overnight success. I mean. I was totally dropped in the deep end of the pool when it comes to this because we did a seven-figure launch. We had fourteen hundred members in fifty-two countries with over two hundred affiliates, wow. and I knew nothing about digital marketing. I knew nothing about you know like program development, personal development, and aside from all the books and movies that I'd seen. That was my experience with any of it, and you know, and here I am, like playing with the top players, it was just an incredible, like, oh, my goodness, experience. And it's been like that for the last 10 years. It's just been the greatest, most amazing opportunity. And I'm so eternally grateful for it. You know, so again, I, you know, it's all for me, my saying is it's all divine. And so, you know, um, it is all divine that the restaurant and all of that, you know, happened and closed. And um, but it, uh, <laughs> but looking back, it is definitely um, a part of how I am who I am and, you know, and how I help people too, you know, because the work that I'm doing now, I speak all the time with solo entrepreneurs who are going through it and don't feel like they have support or they don't understand certain things. And, you know, I, I, I love being a resource, which is why I'm so excited to be a partner with you guys too, I well- really. Um, And so
0: and so and so the work that you learn to do quickly when you were thrown in the deep end, the online digital marketing, all that type of stuff, this is what your practice is based upon now. That's
2: correct. Yes, exactly. So I um, so so what? Yeah. So developing that. um, So we have this program. And so anyone who's kind of in uh, understands the industry, you have launches. Right. So you have a program launch. It's a couple months and you're working 60, 80 hour weeks. It's insane. But then when the program actually starts going, the maintenance of it really isn't all that much. So during that time, because I now had, you know, worked with over 200 of their friends and affiliates, um, I started, you know, being asked to, hey, can you help me with this book launch? Can you help me with this program? Mm -hmm. You know, oh, I've got this show. I'd love to interview so and so on. Can you make it happen? And so over the last 10 years, I've I've been asked and, and have worked with, some of the most incredible thought leaders on the planet doing program development, book launches, special events, uh, workshops, online, in person—you um, know—so digital marketing, interview marketing, which is what I, what it, which is what I really focus on right now, um, mm-hmm. affiliate marketing, all of those marketing pieces that I didn't even really knew that existed when I was doing the hospitality because it was, you know, brick and mortar. It was very different. This just opened up my eyes to so many different facets of business and marketing and PR that I, you know, I just, I started to play and dabble in and I've had so much experience with front end and back end. So CRMs and operation systems, you know, StreamYard, all these fun tech things, you know, green screens, all the, you know, lighting tech stuff that that now is just part of my everyday world. Wasn't ten years ago. <laughs>
0: you Tracy's so. going to have to teach us how to use green screen.
2: <laughs> to I'm, do so.
0: I'm digging the waterfall. I'll tell you that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I could be anywhere. I just, I was telling you, like, what do you want to do? I'm like, I like the waterfall. <laughs> you know, sometimes I'm in space, or you know, or, you know, top of uh, you know the Eiffel Tower or something. But you know, this is tranquil.
1: I, I what I love about your story, Tracy, is that. An exit, even a forced exit, isn't the end of the journey, right? It, <laughs> it it is, it is a it is a part of the journey. So you're here today, looking back at the story that you told us, looking back at the experience. What's the learn for you? What's what's the takeaway for you?
2: Oh, you know, that's a great question. That's a great question. I learned a lot about service. I really did. I think just partially because it was a hospitality business, but you know, partially just, you know, when you have a staff that is reliant on you and vendors that you work with and you know, it's it's more than just, you know, I'm I, I've got a contract. There's the people part of it and to really know like that I I was of service in so many ways to so many people for so long. And I loved that, you know, and I know that I made a difference even in some little way, I made a difference and I really, I really feel good about that. And I know that that has, you know, that business foundation that I learned has carried me through into what I'm doing now. It's Mm. also the education of, you know, um, because before when I did the turnaround management, I was outside the box all the time. I wasn't inside the box and it is a very different place to be. And so having the experience of both, I think now I can help people even more so because I've had that experience. I've gone through it, you know, I have the t-shirt. And I can relate in a, in a, in a much deeper level than I ever could before. And so, you know, the experience while it was, there were so many good, you got, I mean, there was so much good over those 10 years. There was so much good, you know, the exit part of it sucked, but, but I got through it. I lived, I don't have cement shoes, you know, and it was a turning point in my life. I'm now passionate about what I'm doing you know, who I'm working with, how I am, who I'm being, you know, I love all of my life. And so I couldn't be more grateful for that experience.
0: Well, and I don't think there's a general knowledge, you know, in the public of just how often these types of things are a part of a successful person's story Uh, back when i had my business brokerage we had a standard intake form for people that wanted to sell their business and so these were people that had businesses that i thought were saleable they were profitable good businesses one of the questions on the questionnaire was have you ever dealt with personal or business bankruptcy and it was between 30 and 40 percent of people checked yes Mm -hmm. and and i would hear some of the stories and um most of the time they looked back at that and said you know here are all the things i learned from going through there and this is how it helped me make my current business so much better and you know i mean i i've recorded a a video on my own youtube channel about when i decided i needed to get out of business brokerage and all of the ups and downs that that i experienced through that business and it led me here right Mm -hmm. which which the business i run today is much better than that one i think um it's it's certainly a lot easier from a cash flow point of view and all that (laughs) kind of stuff and and so a lot of the times these are these are the lessons that people are able to take from this journey Mm -hmm. I mean if, if you were if a young hospitality entrepreneur were to invite you to be a part of one of their panels would would you want to be a part of that panel? And I and, just got and, chills. I'd love it. <laughs> what, what kinds of things do you think that you would caution or help prepare them for that oh. that, that they might not be seeing? Because when I when I deal with a lot of entrepreneurs, they're just so optimistic, okay. that, you know, and and eager, right? Yeah. And 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 sometimes it's difficult to give someone a little bit of you know cautionary wisdom like you know what sort of things would you advise someone who's in that type of business
2: so I think it's a little um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to segment it because there really is a difference with the off-premise catering versus the retail store versus the restaurant right mm-hmm. um, foundational basis you know business all the same but You know, what I might suggest would be different Um, in terms of, you know, the catering and all of that. It's to really look at when you're doing business development to focus on types and niches that are in the months that you're slow. Because that that was the one thing that we kept focused on. But, you know, I had hired event planners who were more so academic. You know, they weren't really the wedding planners. I should have hired more wedding planners, right? Because it would have made the cash flow easier. Mm -hmm. Right? So whatever your focus is for your catering business or your events business, you know, find different types of businesses that, you know, you can um, service on the slow seasons, you know, especially in Chicago, you know, there's not very many weddings happening in January, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, but in, you know, May, June, you know, it's it's flourishing. Um, academics, you're looking at spring and fall, right? So, you know, it's, oh, summertime, you know, there's tons of weddings, there's tons of outdoor activities and things going on, you know, sporting events, that was the other thing, it's like, you know, finding ways. The retail store? use different ways of marketing, you know, other than uh, just, you know, putting a sign out your window, right? I'm going to say this to everyone right now, podcasting, interview marketing, it doesn't matter if you have a brick and mortar, get out there, talk to folks, you know, there's got to be local people in your community that are having local shows that are going to want to have a conversation with you, do it. You know, because you're going to tell your story and people are going to resonate and then they're going to find you and they will shop at your store. They will use your catering business. They will, you know, go to your restaurant, you know, and the restaurant thing, too. It's just, you know, being mindful of the expenses, because especially with um, seasonality of foods and, you know, like right now what we're experiencing with the crazy food prices and what's available and what's not available anymore. You know, it's, um, it's focusing on, um, making sure your menus make sense. Cause I can tell you that there were a couple of times where my menu did not make sense and it financially hurt. So it, uh, so it kind of depends on what you're talking about. If that makes sense.
0: Would would it have made any difference if you had organized this into different companies or, or is the nature <laughs> They of...
2: all were three separate
0: entities. Okay. And, and they really were, just, yeah. I would imagine the nature of that kind of real estate where you rented the restaurant is that those landlords have the power to just say, I want this guarantee and this guarantee and this guarantee. Totally. Like it doesn't matter, they can just they demand everything, oh, right? Yeah. Because it's such an in-demand kind of property, especially the one you described where you were right by those landmark uh yeah. properties in the train station and everything like that.
2: Yeah, they 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 had our name. <laughs> <laughs> they weren't getting my first born but um you know he might have been up for the offering i don't know <laughs> it was it was it was yeah it was they were three separate entities you know i did you know i did look to structure it correctly with the intent of having separate exits i mean i really was looking at it as a a, a different model and then when it just hit it like you said I mean, it is kind of like a mac truck you know because it definitely was not um expecting it um and the, the way that the flow just how it happened when it happened it was you know it was meant to be but it was hard
0: <laughs> do you think the experience of the pandemic mm. has prepared people in the hospitality industry to better survive street construction
2: oh hell yes <laughs>
0: Not just yes.
2: No. Oh, my gosh. I cannot even. If, you, if you've survived the pandemic, you get a gold star because, my goodness, I cannot even. It's, you know, I, I can say, for instance, with my, my construction project, I mean, it was basically a year. Um, it continued on past, you know, us closing. And the construction project was still not done when we just said we're done. But um, the pandemic's been—I mean, we're talking a couple of years here—and there's still there's so much not normal yet. Yeah. And and restaurants specifically, like I just said, the the shortages that we're dealing with now, and the supply chain, and the prices that things are happening at—it's just um, it's, it's it's way more difficult. I'm sure it's way more difficult than having a construction project because you know the the focus on that was more so traffic than anything. It wasn't all the commodities and all of the other things that were, you know, impacting the business. It was really just one. And so with the pandemic there, I mean, oh people had a pivot you know i mean fortunately i just saw so people
0: much people... innovation right like so yeah many well i was just gonna say like they do, of drop to, off you know yeah.
2: Grubhub, all those different services you know everybody became um you know mobile delivery for any and everything that you want um so it it
0: i i know a, a hotel here that built a movie screen in their parking lot and uh, because their their tourist trade went. You know, kaput, and yeah. they, they decided to start a dinner and movie drive-in night Bro, to keep it. their to keep their kitchen busy, Bro, and it. and like just I like that's a great like. But you saw all these different variations and new ideas all over the place. Yeah, um, yeah, that,
1: it, it, tr- it, it, it's 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 so interesting, Tracy. I, I got to tell you, my brain is stuck about uh, about fifteen minutes ago. Um, oh no, when when you talked about. The experience that you brought to the table with the turnaround stuff and how that was um, informed by the experience of going through this. You talked about being outside the box or being in the box, Mm -hmm. going from a place of knowledge to a place of knowing. And and I'm just so freaking excited about putting you in touch with a business owner because it's not your ability to, to speak to the information is compelling. But it is nothing like you being able to look them in the eye and say, I know how you feel right now. (laughs) Here is the way forward. That that to me is just thrilling to think about.
2: (laughs) Yes. Well, thank you. And you're right. It is a knowing because I've lived it.
0: Yeah. 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 I'm excited about that. (laughs) <laughs> well, this has been an amazing episode. Thank you so much, Tracy, for coming yeah. and sharing the story. Because I, I know that it's it's a difficult story to tell, and and the time probably has you know passed to allow you to feel more comfortable sharing it with us. And and so much of the time, these are the business stories that don't get shared, and it's really why I wanted to have you on uh, so that we could we could kind of see some of the other things that happen out there
2: totally you know i was when when we talked about this i was like oh i don't really share this very often and what's interesting is is that um one of my dear friends from that part of my life who was my bff through all of it um she was a a co-business owner um in in the same area and um she actually visited me over the weekend and we sat back and we talked and reflected a lot about what happened and it's been you know it's been a decade since all this blew up and and she you know because i I, because i still felt even 10 years later now i'm like i still feel sad you know it's like there's i don't know that that goes away exactly you know, because it was like, you know, I, I, and maybe it's just because it's who I am. I'm more empathic. I don't know. You know, it's like, I'm more of a heart to heart kind of person instead of like business is business kind of stuff. But, you know, I still feel bad that, you know, I, I, I let people down and I didn't, you know, I just, I just didn't, you know, I didn't. And she gave me such a new perspective too. It was like, you know, it's okay everybody still loves you everybody understands everybody knows there's you know there's no reason to hold any of that you know carry any of that any longer and i'm like oh, okay so then now telling you guys the same story i feel so much better than i have like i i feel like i am supposed to tell the story this is going to help people
1: absolutely this is
2: part of the reason that that happened Absolutely. And, you know, and so for me to be able to do that is just it's it's a gift. So I'm so grateful to to both of you for having me for, you know, inviting me to share this and open up. And I really do hope that I you know I'm able to help a lot of folks with, um, with sharing this because, you know, it it was impactful and it has made me who I am. And I'm super grateful for all of it.
1: We're thrilled to have you. Thanks.
0: Tracy, <laughs> for for anyone that would like to connect or learn more about you and what you're doing today. What's the best place online for them to come and find you?
2: Um, well, probably starspr.com. Um, it uh, is. It's. I'm a serial entrepreneur, so I actually have a couple different businesses, but that's my main focus, which is interview marketing. It's helping guest experts get on podcasts or podcast host to find amazing guests and um, do production or launch podcasts, all of that. And it's helping them to monetize because a lot of folks that are in the podcasting industry have uh, a voice or they have an idea, but they have no clue how to make a living doing it. And it's usually mm-hmm. an expense. Uh, it's exhausting. And, you know, and there's, there's ways with affiliate marketing and, and, and honing in on the interview marketing part of it, the marketing part of it, you know, it's like, I, I love being able to, to help and share, you know, my expertise with that. So that's, that's kind of what I do.
0: That's anyway. awesome. And we'll have that link in the show notes as well for yes. anyone that wants to be yes. able to find that.
2: Absolutely. Or they can email me, just email me at Tracy at starspr.com, T R A C E Y. I'd love to communicate and connect and help anybody I can.
0: Wonderful. Thank yeah. you so much for coming Thank and you telling guys. your story.
2: Thank you so much. Appreciate you both.
0: All right. Hang on Bye. in the green room. We'll be back in a minute all right mike takeaways that was an amazing story wasn't it I'm that so did, that did not disappear that us. with us
1: yeah it, it I, I as she was telling that story i was projecting it out to the business owners that i talk to who are close to a sale but think oh i can do another five or ten years what could possibly go wrong and and, and the the reality of her of her story and and I, I get the analysis and 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 the back looking that she's doing and wondering about. But from my perspective, the truth is she got hit by a Mack truck and uh, that that happens. That's part of business. That is how many small business owners exit. And I'm just very thankful for her willingness to share that story, because it is a story that happens all the time
0: and doesn't get told that often. True. Absolutely. And. If something's going on in your business right now, if you're in our audience and something's going on in your business and you are looking for some kind of feedback input, want to share your story, want to get some help from one of the people on the exit squad, head over to yourexitsquadguests.com, fill in that form, um, and we'll be able to get in touch with you and potentially have you on the show. And uh, there's no need to reveal your identity. We have people on here anonymously all the time. Uh, especially in the world of business, that confidentiality is very important. Absolutely, absolutely.
1: Sign up. Let let us uh, let us hear your story and and tell us
0: uh, tell us how we can help you. All right. So from our studios that don't have green screens, we'll say we'll say see you later, uh, and uh, and I'll see you next time, Mike.
1: Take care, David.